You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And today we are sitting down with Emma Bordeaux. She is a pro-dominant activist from Montreal, Canada. A Canadian sodomite and man tormentor, Emma goes by the pronouns she, her, and daddy. We had such a good time chatting with Emma and her assistant, Lauren, that we had to make this episode a two-parter. This first part of the episode, we discuss working as a trans woman in sex work, her experiences as a pro-dom, the nuances of social and medical transitioning, and her newest religious venture. Once you're done listening to this part of the interview, make sure to head over to the second part to hear Emma answer your listener questions. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you here today. So we're going to start off with kind of like a tough question, to be honest, terms. A lot of people are uncomfortable not knowing the correct terminology to use. I've had conversations with people about, you know, I, I think that term's outdated. I don't think you should use that anymore. But I'm also not in a position where I know the whole in and outs of it. And I know Riley and I have talked about before saying, you know, how do we show the most respect um, not being as knowledgeable as, as we can be. So what are some terms that you know like are appropriate to be using right now and some that should not be ever used? And even if you know why those things have changed over time, educate us, <laughs> teach us. Uh, that's a good question. I think regarding of like gender, being trans, transgender are the proper terms to mm-hmm. be used when you're talking about transgenders, people. Uh I feel like some people are comfortable with other terms uh, that may be more problematic, as of shemale, tranny, um, ladyboy also, mm. um, which are all terms that are being used in porn. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like weird because it's terms that are still used today to refer as us, trans people, in porn, mm-hmm. but they're also very problematic. And it's, it's almost the same as if you would call a gay man a faggot, for right. example. Mm-hmm. So... I always use that ex- example because gay people may be may use that expression in between them as friend mm-hmm. because yeah. we're like reclaiming those terms mm-hmm. and it's the same for trans people. I feel like we call ourselves trannies or mm-hmm. a shemale or a lady boy and just for for fun between yeah. us, but it's not something that people should be using talking about us if especially if they're not trans and if you don't know those person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do have a lot of clients who like reach out to me and, like, tell me that they are seeking an experience with a shemale. And I know that they're not saying that coming from a bad place. It's because yeah. they, that's what they saw on porn on, on, or online. Um, and I always tell them, like, oh, don't use that word. Like, mm-hmm. call me daddy instead, not shemale. Daddy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very funny because I, before I moved to Vancouver, I've never really had to deal with pronouns before. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, English concept because in French we do have very specific pronouns for and everything is gender like the chair mm-hmm. is gender the computer right. is gender so to me the day them and the it's it's for some reason so much complicated yeah. and I don't know why because it's so much simpler and I should we should be all called like that but and everyone was asking what's your pronoun I was doing interview like last year last summer and everyone was asking me, like, what's your pronoun? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what's my pronoun? Like, is my boobs big enough? Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> my lips? Or, um, and then I was like, well, she heard daddy. She yeah. so. heard daddy. Yeah, that works. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of as like a ground rule, just I refer to everyone as they typically. Yeah. Okay. Um, especially if I don't know them, yeah. I just find like it kind of like is a blanket way of yeah. showing respect. And then if they prefer a certain gender they attitude, will they know. will let me yeah. know, right? Yeah. I found that's like my yeah. Best in English, way. it's actually quite simple. Yeah. That's why that for me it's so hard, but I'm like it's He's stupid because it's it. so simple, and maybe mm-hmm. it's too simple. That's yeah. why it's so hard for me too. <laughs> yeah. You're too advanced yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think, as you said, different languages come mm-hmm. with different um, yeah. genders. So I lived in Germany for a year. I tried to learn yeah. German, which has um, uh, feminine, masculine, and yeah. neutral. Yeah. And it was, I just, you know, I, coming from like only English speaking, everything is the, the, this. Yeah. yeah. And so like trying, like having to gender things was like so, mm-hmm. like such a wild concept for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy what's, like, ingrained in us, you uh-huh. know? Um, so so one a term I was actually having a discussion with a friend of mine about yeah. is the term pre-op. Okay. Okay, so this is my take on it okay. as a non-trans yeah. person. Yeah. Into um, the mic. <laughs> <laughs> let me speak for a community I'm not part of. No, I'm just joking. Um, for me, I would think it was maybe offensive to call someone pre-op because it's the assumption that they will eventually be getting an operation mm. as if they aren't... There's different, uh, there's different term. You can say like pre-op, non-op, post-op, mm-hmm. um, or just don't call yeah. it an operation right. at all. But I don't see how this, I, I mean, I understand how it could be problem- problematic for some people, but my question as a trans person is like, why do you need to know? Yeah. Like, why, like do you ask cisgender people if they're, pre-op breast augmentation yeah. or yeah. all those gender-affirming surgery that cis people have or been no having. Yeah, yeah. So That's it's, a... it's just like, I think people are just curious and it always go through mm-hmm. that like medical transitioning process of doing yeah. the bottom surgery. Mm. It's always that toxic, bad question of what do you have in your panties? Yeah. You know? And everything that is, re- it's always going towards that. Mm. So. Do you find that that's different in, like, working as, like, a sex worker? If people are, like, more curious for um, a I reason mean, of, like, they're looking for a particular type yeah, of service? Well, or, of course, yeah. if you are in the sex industry, you're going to advertise mm-hmm. as what you have down there. Because right, right. people are going to see people like you because that's what they want. Yeah. But it's different because you choose as a provider to put it out there. Gotcha. You know, like, I don't mind that people don't have a big day. Like, mm-hmm. because th- that's my brand. Yeah. So... But it's not something that you should ask or even yeah. think about. Like, I don't... Well, I do sometimes think about people's genitals when I see them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going for it to ask them about yeah. their genitals. So, it's like, yeah, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That's that's what I think I, I... It's funny you said, like, the breasts thing. Because, yeah. no offense, Riley, I used you as, like, the example <laughs> when I was talking to friend Because I was like, obviously, one of us is more augmented. <laughs> And I said to the, the friend I was talking about, I was like, I wouldn't refer to Riley's breasts as, like... Pre-op. No, yeah, no pre-op. Op, because, no, yeah, because it's the like, assumption that, like, she's needing yeah. an operation in the future. Um, but I was like, I don't know how a trans person would feel about yeah. that. Um, I think there's still... Well, it's going better, I feel like. But there again, like I said, it's all goes through that... It's all related to the vagina. Mm-hmm. Like, as if the vagina itself is, like, the goal for femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is so stupid because you couldn't know what I have in... Mm-hmm. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you might know. But if you don't know me, mm-hmm. and you just see me, like, if I if I meet with someone that I don't know, if I look at I, I've never met you before, and I walk, my first thought in my head is not that she has like a dick. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. So like, why do people 
that's always my concern. Yeah. Like, why people are so curious about that? Yeah. And yeah, I like what you said about like that the vagina is like the holy grail yeah. of femininity, but I think that totally devalues anyone who's like into sex or anything as well. Exactly. Yeah. I've um, saw so many masculine vagina out there. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's yeah. it has nothing to do with gender. It's just genital. So. Yeah. Mm. If you're not using the equipment, why do you care? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, more about yourself in particular. How long have you been in sex work, and what avenues have you worked in? Um, so, I've started sex work when I was 15 years old, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's legal to say that out loud, but I'm legal now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've Can't started, catch me. <laughs> I started very young. Um, I would say base of survival, mm-hmm. because back day in Montreal, um, being trans was not very acceptable in the work regular day-to-day, nine-to-five work. And I, I went to school. I was a hairdresser. I was very good at it. And then nobody would hire me. And then when someone would hire me, they would kick me out because I was trans. Ew. That was another time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was doing the street, actually. That was my first uh, encounter with sex work. I was a prostitute. Uh, and it's probably one of my best experience in the sex industry, if you ask me. I had a lot of fun. I was very privileged because I did have a very good support system around me who showed me how it was done and I'm not the type of person who liked to do things like everyone else I was like no I'm gonna do them my way mm-hmm. and then so I did that and then um back then it was also a newspaper ad like the internet was not very big with right. ad- escort advertisement so we were doing the newspaper as like escorts and that, that's an interesting like way of doing sex work when you're trans because it's like especially back in the days I had to describe myself as a trans woman in the newspaper wow. without picture yeah. and then having people coming over to my house and being like oh <laughs> <laughs> you know because obviously I, I started my social transition quite young but my medical transition came a little bit later so mm-hmm. and I didn't know about like wigs and hair and like mm-hmm. makeup and so yeah that's a, that was an interesting uh journey for me but it's still one of my best experience in sex work if you ask me I met so many good people and I saw a different perspective of life because it's like you see the normal day-to-day people reaching for that type of experience from prostitute Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you would assume that you're so different and you're so weird and but you're actually just a normal person doing something that normal person also wants so Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and then I the internet kind of like started to be bigger in the industry so I started to post ad and do uh, escort I was always more submissive Mm -hmm. only a bottom I was heavily on hormone replacement therapy so I had a very tiny tiny penis that was not functional Um, and then I stopped doing sex work because I got married and I became a dental hygienist for six years wow and then COVID happened yeah. And I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> and I I had an OnlyFans when it's like started started at first and I was just like posting Snapchat filtered video of me with like the dog face on the tongue yeah. for five dollars a month and people would subscribe. Oh, so I was what? like, huh, maybe I should like explore <laughs> yeah. that a little bit more and I was like I feel good doing it even if I'm still like a professional healthcare provider. And then COVID like hit very hard on everyone so mm-hmm. I was like well I'm not working so I might as well 
do that full time. Mm-hmm. So I started to do full time OnlyFans, um, and also I stopped. This is all over the place, but no, it's like um, <laughs> I stopped hormone replacement therapy four years ago now, and it's kind of like around a little bit before COVID. So my mindset towards my sexuality and sex work kind of switched too. So I became more dominant and only a top basically. Mm-hmm. So I rebranded myself mm-hmm. as a dominant mm-hmm. provider. And um, I was not doing a lot of escort and session in person during COVID, but then when it kind of eased out, then I started to do in session person. But I um, did a class with a pro dom mm. who taught me how to be a dominatrix. And then from Never there, here back, I am. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> um, so a question about the hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a decision that made you want to um, stop? Is it something that you is just for a, a temporary amount of time? Uh, no, I, I was on hormone, and this is very personal to me. I don't want people to assume that every trans person will go toward that journey. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was on hormones replacement therapy for 12 years, and I had enough of taking pills every day, injection, and medicine in general. Like, I don't even... I don't even want to take a Tylenol. Mm -hmm. That's how annoyed I am with medicine. But I just felt like I've reached a level of femininity that would give me hormone replacement therapy that I couldn't go further with it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, what's the point of doing that? And then there's also so many side effects of uh, that treatment, especially if you take blockers. I know that now they're less willing to prescribe them. Right. They have different way to like block testosterone with only estrogen. But back in the day, it was like, I could just tell my doctor, I don't want to have an ounce of mm-hmm. testosterone in my body. And she would give me like a hundred milligram of endocur. And like, I would be in depression, fat. I wanted to kill myself. No sex drive. Yeah. No functional genital whatsoever. It was only there to pee. And it was so tiny. Like, was it even there to pee? Like, mm-hmm. um... So I just got enough. I I had enough of doing that. I felt so lazy. I've never been someone fat before. And there's nothing wrong with being fat, but I didn't feel comfortable in my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe if I stopped them, then and I just let the testosterone kick back a little bit, that I had more energy to like do activity and mm-hmm. just a sex drive also in general. Like, it's kind of hard to be a sex worker and have no sex drive. So mm. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah. So but again it's very personal to me. Yeah. I don't think people should refer to other people transition based on hormone replacement therapy because it's just a very small part of a transition journey. Yeah. It's just part of this medical transition, which not every trans people go through so Mm -hmm. yeah I actually also just asked because um I recently had my IUD taken out because I have been on hormones uh for like since I was 16 and same thing like it just really like hurt my moods I was like I don't even know if I have depression and anxiety like maybe I'm fine you know (laughs) 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 so just yeah I really like resonate with the fact that I just can't do it to my body anymore Mm -hmm. like it's very hard for your body because hormones kind of like, and I'm not a doctor, but I've been on, mm-hmm. under that treatment for long enough that I know for myself, but it manage everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your body temperature, your energy, your sex drive, your appetite, your mood, your every fucking thing. Like, yeah. 
Okay, we're just gonna quickly uh, jump in here. Emma brought a lovely friend with her named Lauren, and she's <laughs> side eye. You may have know, know her from yeah, TikTok. I do. <laughs> she's oh, not. My assistant. <laughs> she brought her assistant that she pays to be her friend, <laughs> and um, she might jump in every once in a while to include some stuff. So Lauren had something to add to this conversation. So we've now introduced her. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, okay, so it's interesting that you were saying that you've been on hormones since you were 16 because mm-hmm. same. So it's like, if for me, hormones have been such an integral part of my transition. And um, and because I had bottom surgery, I don't have hormones um, naturally occurring in my body anymore. Mm-hmm. And so for me now, like for purposes of bone density and a lot of other things and, and keeping a sex drive alive, some modicum of a sex drive, um, it's important for me to be on estrogen and progesterone. And I think I would feel very dysphoric if I wasn't on it. Yeah. And so, and I think that that for Emma, it's, it has a very practical yeah. purpose. It, it was affecting her work. And mm-hmm. like, that's a very valid. That's just my health too. And I your had health. so many health problems yeah. because of that. So I think that shows that it's so personal. Mm-hmm. It affects yeah. everybody so it differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's, again, I, I understand that people are curious about that, but it's, mm-hmm. It's something that should be discussed with a professional, like yes. a doctor, yeah, and it's, it's it doesn't make someone more trans or less trans if mm-hmm. they are on hormones or they're not, because I don't think you identify as, as trans, and you were on hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. we could get into a whole conversation <laughs> yeah. about cis people using the yeah. most gender-affirming surgery. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, you had surgery. Well, like, they yeah. were real, real expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I had like club people. I was like, "Are your boobs?" I'm like, "They're real expensive." That's yeah, all that. so, yeah. I think that um, for me, like, I definitely experienced some of the things that you were mm-hmm. describing: depression, anxiety. But for me, it became uh, as I grew into adulthood, I learned how to manage my emotions mm-hmm. and, and how to overcome those things while still being able to be on hormones. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so good, Lauren. You're a dumb thank dumb. you. No. I, I am just, I'm amazing. What can I say? No. Um, so yeah, like Emma was saying, it's just different for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. like, just because her experience is one way doesn't mean my experience mm-hmm. is one way. Like, it's just, it's individual. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting, like, how little I know about hormones for, especially for trans people. Like, you were saying, um, it change your penis size. Mm-hmm. I've never even, like, considered yeah. that before. And then you were saying that when you have bottom surgery, you don't produce... Yeah, because the, right. the balls are gone. Yeah, the, I never even... Like, when he's out, like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's trans- so common sense. That would be a cute but. vagina, though, with two little oh, balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like my two favorite things. I'm <laughs> taking a, a videogram of you doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm my only fans. This is what you think. I think, um, what is it? What was I about to say? Sorry, my thought just left my body. So. <laughs> That's okay. We talked about balls and it was like, Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're going to ask you another question, and then if you jump right back in, yeah. if you yeah. remember what you're going to say there. Um, so you were saying that you um, entered into the industry pretty much for survival. Yeah. And then I love that you said that being. Um, on, on street sex mm-hmm. worker was one of your best moments. Yeah, it was very traumatic for sure because especially being so young. Um, but again, I really understood what family meant at mm-hmm. that time because you have your like blood family and your chosen family, and it's where I found my people, mm-hmm. like people that were struggling as much as mine, sometimes even more because mm-hmm. I'm still very privileged. Mm-hmm. I'm white at the end of the day, so. Um, but it's like. I remember, um, I I have like luxury needs and 
I'm very like that. You know, I will enter in a store and I will pick something is going to be the most expensive thing in the store. And I don't even know the price tag. I just know. You can feel it. So yeah. <laughs> I, when I'm, <laughs> I kind of had that like hate towards sex worker before I started doing it because I was like, I'm not going to be one of those trannies that do sex work. You know, I'm going to be better than that. I went to school and like I was studying in um, fashion design too in Montreal with that at that private college that I couldn't have even afford and I was like I'm not gonna be like them and then I met them and I was like oh wow well I'm, I'm them so, <laughs> and then but then I was like I'm still gonna try to do it my way because for me when uh, one of the girl there told me that she was doing full service behind a church Burback for $60 Canadian I was like girl no like, there is no way I'm going to sit in a car if it's not 200 mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring you to my condo that I own. And I'm going to put a condom on your dick. And I'm going to put it in my mouth. And then you're going to drive me back to the corner you picked me. And if it was the end of my shift, my shift then you're going to drive me to the hot dog place I like to go at the morning. <laughs> you're going to wait till I get my four hot dog and drive me back home. And it fucking not three, four. <laughs> oh, four. Mayo and cheese. Oh, oh yeah, that was a ne- hormones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway so yeah and things kind of like switch in Montreal because it was always like girls were doing a lot of drugs because Mm -hmm. I mean I won't blame people for doing drugs in that industry I wish I could do drugs my job would be so much easier but people saw me like that nobody that was so unattractive with bad clipping extension (laughs) um, working the street for a $200 blowjob and I would just, like, it would take me, like, 15 minutes. I would be back on the street taking all the cars, all the cars, all the mm-hmm. cars. And some girls got very mad at me for that. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't you do the same as I do? Like, maybe if you're unhappy with your way of working, you, you need to change something. Mm-hmm. And if you're jealous of the way I'm making money, then, girl, just copy me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's working for me. It's going to work for you. You're gorgeous, you know? Mm-hmm. And everyone started to do that. And it was like a running gag in Montreal. Everyone would start screaming, it's 200 <laughs> on the street. There's a, not anymore, but there used to be like a few streets in Montreal that were assigned to sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and after that, I feel like knowing that I could do that, I remember my first escort client when ads online kind of like picked up more. Uh, it was a knock call and like he sent a limo to pick me I had like the dream clients um, and he sent a limo to pick me and he, I think he gave me like $2,000 for it was like a feminization session and like it's my first time doing a knock call and he's like can you put me as a cross dresser I'm like sure whatever like, <laughs> I've never done that before but and then I went to this very bougie hotel in Montreal and gave me the money and he had all this makeup and clothes and he was like I just want you to like dress me and do my makeup and I can't even do my makeup and you're gonna pay me two thousand dollars to do your own makeup oh my god dream anyway so I did that and I was like wow like I can be that person mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna do other people makeup I'm gonna get fucked but anyway it kind of like triggered my businesswoman brain of being like wow there's so much potential I have and they don't teach you that in school. No. <laughs> and then from from then it kind of switched to be. I bought my first uh, property in Montreal, mm-hmm. sucking dick on the street. I went to the bank with a big bag of cash and bought my first condo like that. Um, and 
Yeah, now it's not obviously based on survival, but yeah. I think it's interesting to see that because for some people it's still like that. And oh, I yeah. think it's quite sad because it's like a circle. Mm-hmm. Like it goes, if you start, it's, you have like the honeymoon of sex work. Everything goes well. You're the new girl in town. Everyone wants to see you. And then, then your expense habit change because you have to take care of yourself. You have mm-hmm. to buy more clothes, maybe more, w- whatever it is that you need to invest on yourself and then then you do drugs with clients or maybe it's alcohol and then it's just a circle and yeah. it's very sad because I think there's not I will say though in Vancouver there's a lot of support for sex worker compared mm-hmm. to the east coast or like Alberta or there's a lot of like support for sex workers mm-hmm. which I'm kind of happy I've I had to encounter because there's some bad situation that happened to me here and I'm, I was happy I had those resources to talk to or just like get help if I needed it so yeah. mm-hmm. we might actually get the names of those resources from yeah. you at the end yeah. and maybe we can just do a, a post yeah. of them if you found mm-hmm. them helpful I yeah. think a lot of um, sex workers are sometimes a little bit afraid to reach out to mm-hmm. resources like that yeah and That's they might great, be able yeah. to connect people not in Vancouver to or BC to other places that might help them where yeah. they are as well um, okay so then so now you're a pro-dom and that's yeah. your primary sort of uh, sex work avenue yeah. that you're in. So can you give the listeners like a little bit of an explanation about what being a pro-dom means? So to me, mm-hmm. what being a pro-dom means is um, I, am, I am a naturally dominant person. Uh, I like sex work and I like, I like escorting, but the sexual aspect was just too boring for me. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, um, we're going to fuck and then you're going to go and I cannot do that. Um, as I think the difference between escort and pro-dom is like there's a protocol that you, you need to follow if you want to encounter with me. So it doesn't matter what we do in that session, but there's a protocol. You need to follow it. And then once you did that, then it's, I feel like it's very different than when I was escorting when it's like a blow and go, you know? Like mm-hmm. people call you, they book an appointment, then they come to your house, you have sex, then they go. Or whatever they want to do. Um, so to me, being a pro it's more having control over what I do with people because I've been in that industry for a long time. And if I don't enjoy myself, then what's the point? Like, um, So I would say having a protocol. And also, it's all about the idea for me of being worshipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also very kinky. I, ha- I have a liking for weird stuff. Don't ask me why. I can't explain. Oh, no, that's relatable. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, yeah, I do have... So I feel like this niche of work is more closer to my personal mm-hmm. liking and sex than just being a regular escort, for yeah. example. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so being dominant. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of dominatrix that sometimes do submiss- more submissive encounter, but I did that recently where I have this guy in Montreal I used to record video with. Um, and he's a pure talk. Like, there's... I can't even think of his asshole. Like, <laughs> that's how bad he hate anal. But uh, we always made good video, and I was like, how could we make a video together where I can still be dominant, but you're going to fuck me? Mm-hmm. And then we did this cuckold uh, point of view where mm-hmm. I'm, like, humiliating the person watching as, like, you fucking wish you had that big black dick in your ass, but... Mm. You're not an alpha, you're a beta, and you don't deserve it. You know, so it's like all that humiliating um, play that I can do still by having a big dig at my ass. So, (laughs) 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 I will say, though, I've I've 
I was a hundred percent top for the longest, and now I'm like, girl, that sometimes my asshole is like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My little switching so bad. But I always tell people because I do have a lot of clients that saw that video. For example, they're like, oh, I didn't know you got f- you get fucked, and I'm like, well. I'll fuck your dick with my ass, <laughs> but not the, the other way around. So. Yeah, do not be topping from the yeah, bottom. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned before that uh, back then there was the printout ads, and then it moved mm-hmm. to the internet. Yeah. Um, currently, how do you find and choose clients? Like, and also, what's the screening process like for that? So. It's all, again, so different for everyone. Uh, for me, there's a few websites in Canada. One still is called Shemail Canada. So, Really from, with the times, yeah, I see. So <laughs> from, from earlier, what I was saying about like the terms, and it's, it's kind of hard to educate clients when one of the biggest platforms in Canada is called Shemail Canada. Mm-hmm. That Shemail is an incorrect term mm-hmm. to describe us. So, But anyway, there's a few websites that you can advertise online and I do have my own website as well where people can read my protocol and deposit and Mm -hmm. I don't see people if they contact me with an app number uh, or like a fake or block phone number for example it has to be your real phone number um, and you have to send me a deposit I need to know who the fuck is coming to my house and if you're too concerned about your identity well joke's on you you won't suck my dick Mm I always try to be nice when I explain that to people because I can I understand especially in British Columbia I found that there's a lot of scam on mm. ads online yes. but for the people in the back who don't understand that business um, there's not enough people in Canada in general because when you go to Europe or to the States it's very different mm-hmm. um, in Canada there's not enough providers so as a provider, I need to pay for my advertisement. So if there's only 10 trans people in Vancouver, then why would I have to pay to buy my ad? I would always be in the page one. So most of those fake ads are from the people who own the website, like oh, Leo's List or Shima Canada. Interesting. Because oh. that's a way for them to make money. Right. Because mm-hmm. then you're about exactly. their ads out exactly. to get interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Shima Canada, for example, was always free for ages. And the, the owner was from Toronto and he sold to this German guy. And I hope he's listening because he's an asshole. <laughs> uh, but he knows. I'm sure he is. That, I think that's yeah. how demographic actually. <laughs> uh, he knows. Uh, and now he's charging the girl in Canada. And I think it's it's so wrong because mm-hmm. there's so many other ways you can make money out of that. By ad, like other type of advertisement on your website. Yes. Then I have to pay to be visible. In your, like, yeah. Do you understand that if there's no girl on your website, then there's no traffic. Yeah. Right? I know. I see this a lot, too, like, even in the clubs, and that, like, there's such a way for the clubs and dancers to work together to make money rather than the clubs making money off the back of the dancers. Like, we can all make money off clientele. I think it all goes down to men and them being greedy and Mm -hmm. (laughs) from sex workers yet again, so... Yeah, um, oh, 100%. Everyone wants their piece of the pie. On my website, too, Mm -hmm. there's the protocol, and I always, um, I don't know about cisgender girl, it's probably the same, but... The reason why a girl will ask deposit, it's only for safety and mm-hmm. like for waste, not to have her time wasted. Because if I have to take an hour to not do something that I might enjoy, like going out with my friend or living my life, to get ready at home for you to not show up because you're too much of a time waster mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. 
like I would never do that to my hairdresser. I would never do that to my doctor or to my. So I don't know why people would do that to sex worker. Yes. But I know it's very common that people would just flake and. So it's also a, a guarantee that well at least. I made a hundred bucks by yeah. putting that very expensive foundation on my face. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. And that's a good point. They wouldn't do that to yeah. other uh, service providers. And you see yeah. that everywhere now. Restaurant asks for a deposit. Uh, hairdresser asks for a deposit. My doctor now asks also for a deposit, mm-hmm. so I don't see why a sex worker shouldn't ask for a deposit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So are you able to run us through what like a typical session with you would look like? Well, again, it's very different mm-hmm. with everyone, but I could... My most vanilla session would be someone who just booked the appointment and then he comes to my place. And it's, sometimes I would call them like my first-timer. I don't like that term because it's like, what's your first time you're having fun? Or, yeah. or like, <laughs> I'm um, new to all Why do you think it's so boring up yeah. until now? <laughs> but it's, it's more like a chit-chat. I'm going to chat with them. I want to know uh, a little bit more about them. I think it's important to create connection with people. For me, because compared to, like, cisgender pro who use a strap-on to do the pegging and my dick is real and I need to be somehow attracted to mm-hmm. be functional. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not someone who needs, like, a physical attribute to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God, I just lost my thought. Around. To be around. Around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren in here I, with the I'm her assistant. translator. Yeah. <laughs> so, as and translator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, but I do need like an um, emotional connection somehow um, with people. That's okay. <laughs> I do need uh, an emotional connection with people to be aroused. Mm-hmm. So, we would chat. I would ask them for their experience, if they have met other provider before and if they were cis or trans, because I think it makes a big difference. Uh, and also, what they're expecting out of a session, what uh, are their boundaries, because I think mm-hmm. it's very important to establish that prior to uh, starting the encounter. Um, and, yeah, most of the time, people are so... like. I always ask my clients, are you more dominant or like, do you feel like submissive? And most of them would tell me that they feel more submissive. Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of people who tell me that they're more dominant. And I'm like, do you feel like you're dominant just because you happen to have a penis? Mm. And society told you that having a penis means being dominant. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of therapy for them because they, it opened boxes in their brain that no one opened before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I fuck them and they suck my dick <laughs> I come all over the face or... No, actually they swallow. I think if they don't swallow, it's rude. <laughs> so my time and... <laughs> yeah. Um, so just maybe two more fun questions on that side. What has been one of your favorite sessions that you've done? And then what has been one of your favorite like safe words that you've heard? Okay. My favorite safe word? I choose the safe word, so... The safe word is, please, mistress, have mercy. It's a sentences. Oh, that's fine. So, yeah. I love they, that. They, it, they, it takes them a few seconds when they have yeah. my dick in the back of their throat to say it out loud. So <laughs> <laughs> I do like to push people in it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't let people choose their safe word. Okay. Uh, because it's all about me anyway. And if you don't <laughs> understand that prior to booking with me, then you're at the wrong address. But I think people go straight to the point where they understand that it's all about me me being worship me mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. me and me so, <laughs> um, and
then my favorite session, I think, I don't have one. Mm -hmm. Like, I have so many different sessions all the time. Like, last week, like this week, actually, I had my first anti-Christianity session (laughs) where this guy, like, brought his crucifix, Bible... Um, how do you call that that little rosary like, the rosary yeah. beads yeah uh, with a picture on his iPad of Jesus on the cross with Virgin Mary and then I was just fucking him while we were calling Jesus a faggot and ah. we, like laughing that Mary wished she had my dick in her ass and that she was so not a virgin and and then I made him come on the Bible oh and I came on Jesus face and he had to lick it Ooh. That was fun. <laughs> wow, that person went through some yeah. religious healing. Oh, wow. So I, I will say I'm not someone, like I don't do blood or mm-hmm. I did brown shower once. It, I'm pretty sure because of that COVID happened. No, <laughs> you are, you're patient I'm zero. The, no, I am patient zero because of that. Um, but <laughs> other than that, like I'm not, I'm very open. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm, even being so dominant, I'm a, per, a people pleaser. Yeah. So when I see people having fun or being aroused, I'm like turned on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of like that sort of uh, PlayStation before. That's oh my God, incredible. It's, it's actually very popular. Really? Like I asked the person Hi. to show me about the forum he was into because I, when he he arrived with the topic, he didn't yeah. mention that booking the session or anything. It's when he arrived in person and he told me like, I've tried to like contact other provider with that, but then they were not into it mm-hmm. and they, they ghosted me or they told me they were not interested but then I, I was questioning him like where did you find those people like were they pro-dumb or were they special because usually pro-dumb have a list or a menu on their website mm-hmm. of things that they're comfortable doing or that they don't like or and I'm like it's kind of funny to me because it's a it's a very like specific mm-hmm. fetish yeah that if someone would do that they would advertise it on their website or Mm -hmm. anywhere they would advertise so this guy was just not looking at the right place and he was just lucky he found me because I'd never advertised for that before Mm -hmm. and I was like let's do it you know Mm -hmm. did you add it to your menu after I I will 100% add it to my menu it's um it's really it's interesting because like that seems really French Canadian to me to like have the like cast like no having having the cast like edge to your fetishes no actually it's like every culture this guy was a Vietnamese man who oh, were interesting. Interesting. and he didn't have any trauma and I asked him if I could share that because I talked about mm-hmm. that on my only fan already I was like I took picture of yeah. she sent me a picture I of the cummy bible the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I need to take a picture of that so I can remember for the rest of my life but it's like um, I asked him like do you have you been like traumatized with mm-hmm. religion when you were younger and he was like no I've like I come from a very religious uh, background but I've never been assaulted by a priest or like because yeah. that's what you would think like trauma but absolutely mm-hmm. not wow. this guy is just like it's kind of fun it yeah. turned me on so why not mm-hmm. so yeah a little update on your website yeah. <laughs> and t- and, oh yeah you call me uh, the devil too I kind of like oh, that oh that's how yeah, yeah I like that tail in his oh, ass. So I was like mm, I like yeah. that for me call me Lilith <laughs> <laughs> yes um so, do you have any advice for listeners who may be transitioning or want to transition? Maybe in regards to coming out to family or interpersonal relationships and self-image? It's a very heavy and big question. I know. So, I'm like, and this and this. I think just fucking do it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're trans or not. 
like you're going to lose people anyway in your life. You're going to lose opportunity. You're going to gain other opportunities. So I don't think being trans will change anything. Mm. It might just uh, make the process of having real people around you faster. Mm-hmm. Because you you lose the people that were not there for you. Um, and then I feel also like I was privileged enough to have met trans people when I started my medical transition because I already socially transitioned before. Um, so I was very well surrounded by a kind of like group of people that went through similar or not so similar situation that I went through. So I think being surrounded by people who understand you to some extent, like trans people, mm-hmm. because again, we're so different, but yet we still get along very well. Well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think having other trans people, and like, again, it's so heavy because for me, it's so easy to meet people. Like mm-hmm. I'm such a, I moved to Vancouver, I, I knew no one. And now I'm like, I have so many friends, it's hard to keep up. Like, it's tiring sometimes having to entertain all those people. Girl. <laughs> but it's like, for me, it's just easy. I think it's just my personality. Um, also, I would say don't... Yeah, like, just do it. I've heard so many people being telling me, like, they waited so long. Like, mm-hmm. I used to date this trans girl in Montreal um, who waited, like, till she was... She had, like, this deadline. If at 30 years old, I still have that feeling, I'll transition. And I'm like... And I don't think it's wrong, but... We were discussing about that, and she was like, that's my biggest mistake as I waited, because mm-hmm. it, it didn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to lose people anyway. You're going to lose opportunity anyway, regardless of being trans or not. It could be about anything, your hair color, your skin tone, your ethnicity, or whatever. So just fucking do it. You only live once. It sounds so... Uh, mm-hmm. Cliché. Cliché, but YOLO. Like, <laughs> Um, Can you repeat the question, actually? Um, just any advice for um, uh, listeners who may be transitioning uh, or wanting to transition? Right. Um, hmm. I think that I'm going to expand on what Emma is saying because I agree that, like, yes, just fucking do it because it, the feelings aren't going to go away. Mm-hmm. But uh, for some people, I think that they are sometimes financially dependent on yeah. people they know wouldn't support mm-hmm. them or yes. would put them out on the street. And so I, I think that if you are in a safe place to do it, mm-hmm. you know, that's an important kind of like asterisk to the conversation. It's yeah. like, I'm very privileged. I, I need to say too. that. Me too. We're very privileged as white trans women. Who have supportive families. Well, kind of, but she do have a, a, a loving family that adopted me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's coming to my mom's yeah. birthday. Assistant translator and adoptive sister. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I, I forgot to mention that. I, we are very privileged. I will say, though, and again, maybe it's just me being so privileged that I can't see that. I found that, because what is the transition anyway? Is it just for, like, I know that people assume that transitioning is, like, doing plastic surgery and, like, living your life yeah. out so mm-hmm. out loud as being a woman. But sometimes it's very as small as just accepting to yourself that you're trans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the first step of, like, being trans is, like, acknowledging that, yes, I am a trans person. Or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different than the binary spectrum of gender. Mm-hmm. And from there just finding places that you feel comfortable expressing that because again there's different type of transitioning like you have this social transitioning medical transitioning and mm-hmm. 
it's so it, that's what I'm saying it's so heavy because there's no good or bad way of doing that mm-hmm. um, but again I do understand what you're saying that I was in a well I was not in such a very safe environment but with my personality didn't I didn't really care like I could have died at least if I knew I was trans then yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fuck I'm dead but trans yeah. So. <laughs> yeah I think people view um, transitioning as like really prescriptive mm-hmm. like there's a mm-hmm. there's a, you start here and you end here mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. like um, steps that you must complete yeah. along the way and I would That's say so wrong. it's so wrong but in my personal transition I definitely followed those like rigid steps um, for a lot of reasons mostly to relieve gender dysphoria mm-hmm. because I had very strong gender dysphoria um, but there isn't a right or wrong way to transition mm-hmm. and you just need to do what's right for you. Yeah. Do some introspection, see a therapist, talk mm-hmm. to pe- other trans people mm-hmm. and find the best fit for yourself so that you can live the happiest life mm-hmm. that you can because you don't want to make a mistake one way or the other, a mistake by not doing things that you wanted to do in your transition mm-hmm. or feeling forced to do things in your transition that mm-hmm. you uh, or pressured want. to do them because mm-hmm. nobody's forced to do yeah. anything but you shouldn't feel pressured into mm-hmm. doing anything you don't want to do either that's mm-hmm. very interesting because you do have that very like you like started hormone you like socially transitioned and you started hormones yeah. and you did plastic surgery and yeah. you mentioned that you had bottom surgery that's yes. why I'm mentioning it but yes. never do that people don't out people generally yeah but, yeah um, <laughs> yes you went through that like kind of like line that trans people are expected to go and for me it's the total opposite yeah. and when I started my journey in Montreal I had other providers telling me okay now you're a prostitute you're going to make money to save up for your boobs and then after your boobs you're going to do your face and after mm-hmm. your face you'll do your bottom surgery and then you'll find a rich man who'll take care of you for the rest of your life I like the I like the end. <laughs> <laughs> start there yeah. Yeah. skip a couple circles that's actually a couple what I circles, did and then end up there. that's actually what I did I found myself a man mm-hmm. with a lot of money who paid for me to go back to school mm. but then I never I, it took me over a decade to do just a simple boob job because I was so against it and don't get me wrong I think plastic surgery it's amazing what people can do mm. with that look at her plastic fantastic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's like to me it was just Huh, like, so I'm going to go do plastic surgery to please the male gaze mm-hmm. when I know for a fact that it can be as successful, if not more, without plastic surgery, looking like a cross-dresser with a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> and I, mm. and they, will come, they will still suck me and look at me in my eyes and yeah. tell me that I'm the prettiest girl on this planet. So it's like, what? what's... The, and I, I didn't have that gender dysphoria that she experienced. Mm-hmm. So again, like... That's why my advice is so vague. It's because, yeah. for, like, just do it as much as you can and or feel safe to do it and surround yourself with people who will understand how you feel. Yeah. And then the rest, the rest will follow through. Mm-hmm. And you will find the way for you to transition mm-hmm. because it's so so different for everyone. Yeah. You said um, a, a word or a phrase um, a couple times through this interview um, so, <laughs> <laughs> what <Cough. is> <laughs> um, social transitioning mm-hmm. and I think that um, through the internet we hear a lot about the medical side of transitioning mm-hmm. can you just give us a quick like blurb about what it means to socially yeah. transition so for, for me when I socially transitioned it was telling my parents people around me that I was I didn't have the term trans when mm-hmm. I was younger but I felt different Right. It was me trying to cut my dick with a pair of scissors at the age of four 
that was like those signs of like coming out of like mm-hmm. I'm not that binary normal gender people yeah um so when you socially transition it's like you're going to tell people around you that you want to change your pronouns or maybe your name or you want to dress differently but it doesn't involve any medicine or plastic surgery or and then you have the medical transition where mm-hmm. it's like you're going to undergo maybe uh, hormone replacement therapy or you're going to do plastic surgery but like you can be trans and not be on hormones and mm-hmm. have done any plastic surgery and you're still trans mm-hmm. because trans it's between your hair what you have mm-hmm. yeah. it's not like something that appears to people um, if you choose to go more towards the binary side of that transition then good for you but it doesn't invalidate your transness mm-hmm. if you do either the social transition because you have some people that are maybe 80 years old right now that are trans that never had the word to put or express the way they were feeling so they could never socially transition or medically transition but they're still trans right it doesn't invalidate that if they're trans or not just because they don't present as society pursue society see how women or men should like should yeah. look like sorry i cannot even speak right now <laughs> um yeah so but yeah again it there it's such a hot topic recently especially like with children and i've i was t- talking with a friend the other day about that because i am the human like live example of like that everything is reversible mm-hmm. because i was on hormones replacement therapy for 12 years I would say a good five years of that was from the black market because we didn't have professional that could help us back then in Montreal. And then from my doctor that I met after that, and she had no clue what she was doing. Hmm. And then, so I was on hormones. I had no testosterone left in my body, not even an ounce to be found. And it gave me all those side effects. And then, again, I'm not saying that for people to use against hormone replacement therapy. I'm just saying that when we talk about children transitioning, I, I feel like people assume that there's going to be, like, medicine, like, that yeah. do some change to their body or, like, plastic surgery, and it's never about that. Like, the puberty blocker that people are talking, it's just to take a pause into puberty so then someone can take an actual right decision about themselves. Like, what is it to... Like, especially for trans women who are going to have, like, maybe a deeper voice or... Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't matter, but for some people, like, I mm-hmm. know that Lauren had she shared with me that she was more scared about those changes, so it was more important for her to, like, seek those type of treatment faster than for me. I don't care if I have a trucker voice or, you know, I don't care, like, if I have a dick or... So I stopped hormones now four years ago, and everything came back. Mm -hmm. I went from having almost a clitoris to a nine-inch dick, fully functional, that could impregnate someone else. So it's like... Everything is reversible. So mm-hmm. I, I hate that it's such a hot topic because, again, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't affect no one. And people use also the example of detransitioner. But I always tell people, like, if someone detransitions because they were not trans, so that's the end of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they made a mistake. And, and that's, that's their, fine. That's their journey. That, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, but don't put that on trans people no. and try to restrict our exactly. access to, yeah. to health care because <laughs> yeah. um, somebody exactly. else made a mistake. So... Mm-hmm. 
And like the statistically speaking, less than one percent of the population uh, trans people regret transitioning, mm-hmm. compared to ten percent of the population that regrets having children. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Only ten percent yeah. admit to the exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, um, and I again, I understand that people are curious about all of those questions, but it's like. I don't know. It's kind of draining. Yeah. To all like it's never about what do you do for like hobby? Are you good at piano or like yeah. you know like because we're just normal people. Mm-hmm. Well, not me, but <laughs> people yeah, are normal. There's a know? morbid curiosity that yeah. people have, and it gets so tiresome it being asked is. the same bullshit questions over and over again. Uh-huh. One thing that I personally like, obviously, I'm not a sex worker. I'm not in that realm, but I am on social media. I put myself out there, and I've got a size sizable ish TikTok following, and. Uh, I get asked by cis women all the time, um, well, uh, to me, you look like a woman, like, why don't, and, and, like, you are a woman, so why put trans in front of woman now, especially because you've completed your transition? Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to that problematic, like, there's a Later. start and finish, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and there's a method to doing it, and you have to do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z in order to be considered a woman, and I say... I just say straight up because there's nothing. I have no shame about being trans, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, an adjective. It is to being a woman. It's just another That's type it. of woman. Exactly. It's not like you just uh, cisgender white, woman. Yeah, white woman, black exactly. woman. Do like you it's tell a, dis- a black it's person a to stop be- telling that they're a black woman. If that's what's empowering them, yeah. you would never say that. So why would you say that to a trans person? Mm, yeah. like, oh, I bet black women would probably beg to differ on oh, that. Yeah, They've probably well, been told that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not a good example. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's complicated. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think also, too, um, a friend of mine, they someone in their family has um, they're a child who's trans, mm-hmm. and they've, they're very young. Mm-hmm. I believe they're 14 or 15. Between the ages of 14 to 16, okay. I think yeah. they're around mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And they've begun doing hormonal therapy. Yeah. Um, and hormonal therapy or a puberty sorry. blocker? Um, I don't know which one now. Well, it's, I started at 16 and I didn't go yeah. on blockers. But that was a different time because now oh, we I don't, don't know. do that sorry. anymore. Okay, so it's okay. probably that then. Okay. Um, I know they're like doing something with medical to help yeah. them transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he always says like, it's the most annoying thing to hear about is how people don't understand the um, process of getting okayed for that. Like, they don't just yes. hand it to you. Like, they no. do testing. Like, mm-hmm. the way people make it seem that are uneducated, say, like, mm-hmm. well, these parents don't even know what they're doing, and, like, the kids don't know what they're doing. It's like, there's steps, and it's a process. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just handing out things and you know to what? people. You know why trans people do that? To please cisgender people. And that's kind of annoying to me. Mm. Because it's like, so you're the reason we're doing that, but then you're the, also the re- you're the people complaining that we're doing that. We're that. Doing, yeah. So it's like, Make up your mind. Yeah. Like, can yeah, you just leave 22. us live our life in peace or... Oh, absolutely not. Like, no. <laughs> That'd be too good. That'd be too easy. Win. Are you talking about like pick me trans people? No, it's like... My, my, my point is like, so you are against... Cis people mainly are against, especially uh. child doing that. But then as a child, I would do that so then I don't have to struggle as an adult yes. mm-hmm. being in that binary yeah. spectrum. Yes, I get what you're saying, yeah. So it's like, so you're going to complain that I'm doing that, but then when if I don't do it and then I I wait and I have those other features, maybe physical features that I, I didn't feel comfortable having, you're going to blame me for that and yeah. bully me for that. And, mm. and exactly. It's like, so it, we never have. Well, I, have a, <laughs> yeah. I have my own personal conspiracy theory about oh. this. Let's hear it. Where I think that cis people want to block 
uh, trans kids from having the opportunity to have a, to medically transition to block puberty entirely because like the at the end of the day if they go on hormones that early if they block puberty there's really no uh, outward appearance that's any different from their cisgender counterparts mm-hmm. and I think that scares cis oh, people God. and mm-hmm. I think they want to be able to recognize I trans identify. people when we walk down the street mm-hmm. so that uh, for nefarious reasons mm-hmm. so, so that's that's my little conspiracy you may not have understand this what Lauren wants to say is that cis people want don't want trans people to be the most beautiful person on, on <laughs> which and we are. We just know you. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> to me, it's more of like they want to recognize us for when they start rounding oh, yeah. us up, kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's right. actually, yeah. it's not so far. It's not actually. A, I'm pretty sure it's only about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think conspiracies too often. I know that's so the much problem. Of a conspiracy. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's actually a reality. Yeah. I have a cisgender friend who had, like, some enhancement, like, plastic surgery, who told me that uh, other cisgender men will ask them if they're trans mm-hmm. just because they had plastic surgery on dating website, for example. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Is it supposed to be an insult or, like... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and that's so problematic in so many... Like, so you're saying that, like, men can't do anything to, like feel better about themselves but or like but girl I know for a fact that men can yeah like that's how I pay but, my rent yeah yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah well yeah and like you mentioned I think it was you who said it earlier that like cis people undergo gender affirming surgeries all, all the, the time, time. Yes. and mm-hmm. it's like they just they refuse to recognize that as gender affirming they refuse yeah. to recognize like a penile enlargement surgery mm-hmm. as being Uh, gender affirming or breast enhancement mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be it's like you you guys are obsessed too it's very interesting for sure yeah it's it's funny how it's like totally okay and normal and like not even thought of if you're a cis woman but was, as soon as like you're that. it's it's actually new sorry to interrupt yeah. you it's also no, a new concept that mm-hmm. cisgender women can feel comfortable sharing about Botox and fillers and yes, yeah. that's yeah. a very that's very new because mm-hmm. yeah. it's it you were fully shamed for that not so long ago so but still are yeah yeah but I yeah I just know like women who have had like a boob job be mm-hmm. like well I just didn't like that I had um, a boyish figure Right. And it's like, that's, exa- like, that's exactly, like, so you a had a surgery, exactly. Oh, you know what's just <laughs> something crazy that I discovered recently is that there are whole Facebook groups um, dedicated to transvestigation, so where cis people will post photos of cisgender celebrities like Julia Roberts or Nicole Kidman um, and point out why they believe they're actually secretly trans and that trans people are taking over the world. As we should. Well, first of all, I was like, oh, no. I have no problem with that, actually. And in their eyes, that's a problem. A, that's not actually happening. Don't exist in large enough numbers for that to happen. And B, it's just really fucked up that they're like looking at cis women and trying to pick apart their appearances in like these new, awful ways that they do to us. And it's like, okay, this is starting to affect cis women as well. And at what point do we stop? the madness when it yeah. starts affecting cis white men that's what there I'm we saying. go <laughs> so how do we make that happen yeah. that's when you'll get some noise and happening you can share that on a podcast <laughs> also, all of a sudden tonight there's going to be knocks on all yeah. of our doors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, just take it away into a van. Yeah. 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 I'm like I hear a voice I'm like Emma and <laughs> <laughs> she's like hey girl <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. we have um 
a couple more questions here, and then yeah. we might take a quick uh, break because um, then we have a bunch of listener questions. I know we're like yeah. kind of going over time. If you're okay with it, um, that's okay. Yeah, we have a bunch I'm of really until six thirty, so it's a, it's more you. Okay, yeah. awesome. And then yeah, we have some great listener questions. So um, for the audience, we're gonna do a few more questions here, and then we're gonna break, and then we're gonna do a, a second part for your listener questions. Mm-hmm. So um, take it away, Riley. All right, so. Do you have any advice for trans people wanting to get into sex work? Um, For example, navigating whether to or not to disclose that to clients. Um, As you said, like people are looking for certain things. Uh, Safety and then also support systems. If you're a trans provider, you (laughs) should disclose that you're trans because that's your brand. That's how you're going to attract many in people. It's not just just... People are not just... like surprisingly like founding out that you're mm-hmm. trans oh that's fun you know like mm. no they want that so mm-hmm. use it as a tool for your brand um, and I mean I think people have this kind of like idea that people will harm us because it's so easy to to find us because we advertise as trans like in my head everyone knows that I'm trans like mm-hmm. it's not a secret for no one to the contrary, if I, the people who hurt us are the people who actually like us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I think, I'm pretty sure it's the same with cis girl. Like, I don't think a client who would kill a girl didn't like to have sex with girls. Like, mm-hmm. they have, like, something going on up there. So, but you should fully advertise it with that. I think surrounding yourself, again, with people that are in that industry, regardless if they're trans or not, because I think the base is the same like mm-hmm. safety and yes um health as well is a very important topic i know with my friend we discuss that we discuss about health all the time because there's a lot of stigma around sex work that sex workers are unclean and mm-hmm. i hate when people say that because it's like mm-hmm. yes maybe i took a shower right before you arrive and <laughs> english is not even my first language it's annoying for me so mm-hmm. um but talking about like again like uh screening and like I feel, for me, the way I found out about ads is because I Googled it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what, if I want to be something, can I Google it and see if there's something like me out there? And that's how I found the internet. Well, I didn't find the internet like that, but the ad on the internet. So, I feel like making your, your research can help because I always tell to my friend that little voice inside of your asshole that, like twitch when something like your instinct they're mm-hmm. always right so listen mm-hmm. to them um but yeah surrounding yourself with people and i don't know i, I have a, a few girls who contacted me recently on like by my phone number telling me that they were like baby trans that wanted to get into the and i'm like i know it's just a fucking joe jerking off right on his, uh. like parent basement but he's 47 <laughs> years old um but like I guess if you you were to reach out to other provider, maybe introduce yourself properly, like send a picture, like mm-hmm. or give your social, so I can go and take a look if I I want to. So maybe that could be a good idea. But the, the, in the trans community, there's not a lot of support within mm-hmm. the community, so it's kind of hard to know. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm very privileged, so mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. Um, you also do a lot of activist work. Can you tell us a bit more about that? I think um, being so white and privileged, uh, I do have a very traumatic journey, but it doesn't stop 
other people to have worse experience than mine. So mm-hmm. I think I do have a big platform online, like on Instagram and on Twitter and on OnlyFans, and people know me from my ads from before. And I feel like I have a duty to talk about other trans people that are more vulnerable because I know now that in our society, black trans women are the most vulnerable person to be alive mm-hmm. if they stay alive because mm-hmm. they are the one who get killed the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this morning I was having lunch with Lauren and I was trying to find some statistic about murder of trans people in Canada. And it's kind of interesting that it's not recorded nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like there is no actual statistic and then people, I've talked about that with another person who works at Statistics Canada, and they were telling me that, yeah, but now trans women are included in the women section in our statistic. And I'm like, yes, but I was reading this morning uh, from 2011 till 2021, there was like uh, 1,800 plus uh, homicide uh, based on gender in Canada. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, okay, so if trans women are under the woman umbrella, that's only since 2015, because before that, we were not even on the human chart. Right. So what, between 2011 and 2000, because I know people who got killed doing the street and doing clients, yeah. and it never, it's never recorded as an homicide. Mm-hmm. It's like a suicide, an overdose, uh, mm-hmm. because trans women who do sex work are crackhead. That's mm-hmm. how police sees us. So it's like, I feel like the more we talk about it and we just bring awareness to that, it kind of like, open people's mind that there might be something bigger than the actual picture you know like we give so much attention to those like detransitioner and children transitioning and doing bottom surgery when we actually have a problem especially here in North America of black trans women being killed Mm -hmm. and not being talked anywhere like were you aware that black trans black trans women were the most vulnerable people on this planet I knew, I knew that. We I are, think we're just very, okay, yeah. like... You're but, just better than the other one. Well, we know that. <laughs> but also, like, I think yeah. as sex workers and ads, yeah. we, you know, we know a yeah, little more course. about it, too. Yeah. Uh, but for the, like, the general oh, people, no, I don't think it's like, I don't think they even consider no. that. No, like, definitely not. Uh, it's it's not just people bully us, like, you were bullied in high school. It's like, people will literally come to my house, pay me, and then stab me mm-hmm. in the face with a knife. Mm-hmm. Just because they couldn't deal with the fact that they like sucking dick. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me or with other people. It's it's all, like, internalized issue. So I feel like having this big platform, and it's it's very hard, especially when I express myself in English, because I'm always scared that I'm going to say something problematic. I mean, I, I say so many problematic things <laughs> in general, but, like, I don't want to offend anyone, and I want people to... Because I feel like... I was doing another project with Lauren, and then the way that she speaks, she's so, like, well-spoken and so intelligent, and I understand... So are you. No, I know, but hear me out. You are so well-spoken, because English is, for example, your first language, and I'm pretty sure people know by now that English is not my first language, but I found that for people like me, who may not be as comfortable in, in English, I would like to see people who sound as stupid as I do. So it makes it more, like, do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. your point is so valid and I understand everything and we need like good intelligent words to be put out there but I feel like it's it might be overwhelming for people that don't have that kind of like vocabulary about mm-hmm. like trans identity. Well, or gen- and then people on the internet are just waiting to jump down people's yeah, throat. Yeah, the people who are 
influenced maybe by those people you're yeah. talking about, but don't really have an opinion about mm-hmm. that because they just don't really care. Like, it doesn't affect them or... Because I think there's a lot more people like that than there's hater out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think too, like... I totally understand being, like, um, a second language mm-hmm. and then worried about how it comes across, for sure. But yeah. I think it's a lot of, like, intention. Mm-hmm. Like, Jimmy, like, did you intend for that to be rude or yeah. problematic? No, you just weren't sure how to word it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes you have to look at things with through that scope yeah, of, like, what was the intention behind that? Yeah. I think maybe that's asking a lot for some people, for sure. But <laughs> like, but when you're trans, you don't have that uh, privilege. Yeah. You're going to get cancelled right away because oh, you're trans. Yes, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, we... Uh, well, for that disclaimer, you can't come at her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and to go through us first. <laughs> and then uh, just to wrap up the first half, um, and this again is also a very large question, but how can cis people be better allies in both the sex work world and then also the non-sex work world? By not calling themselves allies. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you can call yourself no. anyway. Um, uh, and also by just listen more. Mm-hmm. Because I think other adult can express themselves and what hurt their feelings or what's problematic or not. So just shut the fuck up and yeah. listen more to people. I think like not just about like trans or sex in every aspect of your life, try to shut up for a second and just listen. You might not always agree with what other people have to say, but you cannot invalidate people's experience just because you disagree with what they're saying. So and I, I'll add to, obviously, again, coming at this from the non-sex worker perspective, but from a trans perspective, it would be nice if cis people, when they saw something happening to trans people, would oh, speak up. Oh, then speak up. It's, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Now we it's like there's, there's, mo- there's moments to listen, and there's moments when trans people clearly need help, mm-hmm. and you're not saying anything. And mm-hmm. that's so glaring right now with all of the restrictions and access to medical transition yeah. that is happening in some... In in some states in, in America right now. Uh, and cisgender people have been so very silent. Mm-hmm. And this is this is probably some of the worst shit yeah. we've seen go down yeah. uh, from it's, like a legislative perspective. It's very close to be a genocide as we speak yes, it, against it, trans people. If and you I'm, if you look at this, the te- I think there's like a 10 steps of uh, genocide. Uh-huh. We've com- basically completed like eight yeah. of those 10 steps. To Out get, of 10. And, and, <laughs> yeah, are, right and, and cis people uh, don't seem to feel the need to say anything. Mm. And that has been so disheartening. And people do have a hard time with the word genocide, especially in Canada. Mm-hmm. But Well, and people, um, but you know, here's the thing, and I, I'm going to preface this with I'm Jewish, but the there were people who, as Hitler was ramping up his, uh, you know, uh, plan to exterminate Jews, um, there were people who were like, you're overreacting when mm-hmm. people are like, this feels genocidal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And then those people are were seen as complicit after the fact. Mm-hmm. And so, like, do people want to be, compl- you know, be labeled as complicit if and when something terrible happens mm-hmm. to trans people on, like, a global scale, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this, is, this is big, but it also goes to, like, the very small incident that can happen, like, what happened to me like two weeks ago yes. now? I went at Walmart doing my errand. I look fucking cute with my little pink blazer. It's like the first day of spring in Montreal, finally. And then this little boy walked towards me and his mom is next to him. And he's like, oh my God, mom, look, another, like, and he said a, a beautiful, in French, but he said a beautiful tall lady like you, mom. Because she was as taller than me. Yeah. I'm quite tall. And then she looked at me and she said, no, that's a man. Oh. 
And the guy, the little boy is like six to seven years old. Saying something lovely. And she yeah. had to like completely quash It was that. actually a compliment to her. And she, yeah. she felt... To both of you. She and felt, she can yeah, handle that. She, like, yeah. And then I was... She obviously had issues. I could, yeah. have, I could mm-hmm. tell. But then I turned around. And I, I usually don't really care. Like, yeah, I'm a man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. I do have a big dick. Probably <laughs> bigger than your husband. But that's okay. <laughs> um, but it's like... But I turned around and I said to her, like, is it really what you want your kid to learn growing yeah. up? Like, It was such an opportunity. Yeah, and then she, she just screamed something very transphobic at me. And then I was like, okay, well, Ugh. that's okay. Like fuck off yeah. and then I just turned around and then she ran and pushed me on the <gasps> ground oh the story gets worse <laughs> and then I'm just like I'm like I'm very strong but the, get, the more I get older I'm just like okay if it's like I'm just gonna let myself die you know like, <laughs> drop his tail when the bird tries to catch that's me now because I know for trans people the minute you do something wrong you go to jail like yeah. go directly to jail don't yeah collect 200 (laughs) so I was just like uh, laying like that on the ground of Walmart like and then the manager who come because I've been to that Walmart a few times because I just moved to that new apartment so I go there to buy a lot of stuff and he came in and he ran at me he's like oh my god are you okay and like do you want me to call the cops and I was like you know what like this child is already probably traumatized because mm. yeah. she's obviously struggling. It's probably not the first time this mm-hmm. kid got taken away from that family. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just going to let it like that. I'm not her, mm-hmm. my feeling maybe, but that's okay. And then he offered me to pay for my grocery. Oh, nice. The manager of the Walmart. So I had like a $200 free. Oh, you did collect your $200. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I was on the phone with her after I was like, I fucking forgot something I wish I had that now all of a sudden like, next week they're gonna yeah. find her on the yeah. ground again suddenly yeah. she's she's back to oh, Walmart no. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> to get her assistant to shove her everywhere. oh my god but, like, and you know what that's, I've, that's so funny because that manager I've, he's been the manager of that Walmart for years because I remember going to that Walmart like years ago and he was there and I always felt like he was judging me but I think it, it has nothing to do with that he's just weird no. but this <laughs> act of like like he asked if I was okay yeah. if, if he wanted me to call the police mm-hmm. or like he like when that enter I don't know how you say that but when that happened that incident happened mm-hmm. he like walked towards us to see what's happening mm-hmm. two people screaming in a store and it didn't stop because I feel like for cis people, when they saw something like that happening and they see that the other person is trans, they stop. Like, they don't want to exactly. dip their mm-hmm. finger. But I'm like, if that was too... Like, a cisgender woman would be attacked by another person... Mm-hmm. Be no question. Yeah. I mean... Exactly. Like, you don't want to put more oil on the fire, but mm-hmm. you try to separate the situation. Yes. And it's like, well, that person did like he stopped the conflict well too mm-hmm. late because I was already laying on the ground but <laughs> he was still there to ask me if I was okay and he off like it's it's for him it's nothing I know but for me it was like wow like yeah. someone mm-hmm. actually acknowledged that I experienced that mm-hmm. yeah. and that I'm gonna move on but like and that it wasn't okay yeah, yeah. It, it was not okay and he, he does he, that person did not support that so I, I thought that was a nice gesture and I feel like people should not give free food to other people more but like you actually yeah do that not specifically to trans well actually also yeah. <laughs> but like it's just we when you see something that doesn't like work well with you mm-hmm. like you wouldn't like people to do that to you say something mm-hmm. yeah. don't be scared like don't try to escalate the situation but just say like hey stop 
like yeah. time out yeah. yeah and yet like let's all move on to the, it's as simple as that yeah. so yeah. that's such a shame because like that and such an ode to the fact that it's like nature versus nurture mm-hmm. um, that hate is learned yeah exactly. that this, yeah. It really like, is. and it starts there in was, those type yeah. of incidents yeah totally because this little boy is probably traumatized yeah, well, yeah. he and probably moved on but it's still gonna stay there in the back of his mind mm-hmm. so yeah and yeah. I bet you that boy has um, heard his mom be like oh I hate that I'm so tall like I wish I was like all of these yeah. like uh, yeah, you know, things. things that she feels insecure about herself. And then he sees this, like, beautiful one, mm-hmm. woman at the store who's also and tall. And she's going to turn him down. Too. Yeah, That's and crazy. be like, look, mom, like, there's other beautiful women that are tall and, like, it's mm-hmm. such a gorgeous feature to have. And she's like, well... Fuck The problem that we have as a society has nothing to do with being trans because I'm pretty sure that cis people, when, when you girls get a compliment, how do you feel? Or do you always accept <laughs> more? <laughs> I mean, in theory, but mm-hmm. deep down, I don't. I I'm a hundred percent sure that everyone has problem with receiving compliments. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's yes. it's deeper than just being trans, if yeah. you ask me. So. Yeah. yeah, and I, I always say like if you watch something a bad thing happen mm-hmm. and you do nothing you may as well have done the bad thing yourself yeah, exactly. like you are accountable if you 100%. turn away from when things are wrong mm-hmm. like we've had situations before where uh, girls have done shady things at the club and other girls don't send up you it's like okay I've clocked now that you're just as shady as them because you yeah. did fuck all to stop that but situation especially like, in, this, in uh, like a strip club environment if you see a client doing something wrong to a girl and you don't say nothing I yeah. mean I'm not a stripper so maybe mm-hmm. I'm talking out of my ass no you aren't. Like, what's stopping that person to do it to you after yes. that? Yeah. So you're, everyone is losing. Yeah. Just kick that person out so yeah. then we can move on to people who mm-hmm. actually understand and respect our work. Yeah. That, and, and I think it's not everyone that gets that. No, but they don't. Yeah. But they should. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're going to stop there for part one, and then we're going to get into our listener questions when we come yeah. back. So make sure you listen to part two of this interview. It's been uh, a fucking blast and so educational mm-hmm. and so fun. So check out part two. We're going to pause now, and I'm going to go pee. <laughs> <laughs>